Welcome to a brand new episode of the Ryan Clark and Mindset Podcast. This is a very special episode of the podcast because I'm bringing on my good friend, Justin Kershaw, who's the founder of So Strong Food, the healthiest and best tasting bar on the planet. Uh, This is a new startup that Justin started, and it is an incredible company grounded in the vision of sowing strong seeds into our communities and into our world. And the bars are freaking amazing. But Justin's story is as great as the bars are. His story is so, so, so inspiring. Justin is a, a family man. He's a man of God. He's an entrepreneur. He's a successful businessman. And he has a way of attracting amazing mentors into his life and turning that wisdom into massive success. So on this episode of the podcast, he is sharing some of his greatest secrets towards living a healthy lifestyle, sowing strong seeds into your life and creating massive success, balance, and fulfillment while you're at it. Let's dive in. first met in next level yep and the first thing that i noticed about you was that you are a fucking force of nature <laughs> thanks man likewise and, and thank you and the second thing i noticed is that you have an amazing heart and likewise. you've been up to really big things with your new company so strong foods and um, i'm super excited to dive into that journey you know, and, and, and really explore that. But, uh, but what I want to, what I really want to, to ask you is like, what inspired you to create so strong foods, um, especially with being in a place where you're already successful, you have a family and like, why, why, why do this? Yeah. Well, um, I remember first meeting you, Ryan, before I answer your question, and I was, uh, you were like 18, <laughs> hanging out with all these grownups, all these adults, and I was really impressed with uh, the type of person you were, your heart, your um, just your leadership skills, and your hunger for wanting to get better and helping other people. And you were a huge support to my life. So thanks for having me on, bro. Of course. Really appreciate it. Um, my inspiration for So Strong was I wanted to help people live longer. And I saw that in my life, I was uh, overconsumed with money and stress and failures of the past. And then I saw people in my community who were really debilitated by the food that they ate. And I see, I believe that every thought we think, every word we say, the food that we eat, it's all planting a seed. And uh, the goal for starting the company was to make people healthier and ultimately helping them live longer. I love it. I love it. And um, so you're, you know, so strong foods, it's, well, so this is what I've been struggling with. So it's not a bar. It's a, <laughs> it's a circle. So it's what do you call circle. it? What do you call it? <laughs> yeah. Well, right, right now we're calling it a bar because okay. people associate nutrition and health with bars, but I wanted to change the shape of it because it looks like our logo here, the sun. Yeah. And I wanted to bring some people a completely new opportunity and eating the right foods and nutrition bars are in the shape they're in because they're typically made to scale and they're pushed through a machine called an extruder 
which puts them in this shape. And I wanted to get people to think outside the box, outside the bar, pertaining to their nutrition and pertaining to their life. I love that outside the bar. And why do you, uh, why do you pick a sun for your logo? Um, well, the sun is, we all feed off the sun. Uh, the sun lights up our day and the sun uh, gives everyone energy. And I think one of the uh, main uh, minerals that people are lacking right now in their diet, like practically speaking, is vitamin D. And you can cure so many things from your mood to uh, certain deficiencies by just going outside and being in the sun. I was just talking to um, to a friend about this who lives in Ohio. And mm-hmm. he, um, you know, he was messaging me and he was saying how he, his energy was just feeling flat. And I was like, do you take vitamin D? And he was like, no. And, and I'm like, dude, you live in Ohio. Like, how are you getting your source of vitamin D? Uh, he's, he's like, well, I, I, I eat a lot of veggies, you know? And I'm like, uh, I don't think that's quite going to do it. So like nutrition yeah. is so important and affects how we feel so much. Um, what is, what's your long-term vision when it comes to so strong foods? What's the vision of this company? Yeah, I want to create a, a movement. I think we've created a movement already. But for people to really question their daily habits, their eating habits, um, my long-term vision, Ryan, is I want to create jobs for other people. I'll never forget, uh, before I started my first business, I was sitting in the barbershop and I was broke. And I just happened to pick up a mag- magazine and it was a letter to the editor that talked about the push in the 90s and the 80s, 80s and 90s, were for uh, more people to be self-employed. But not everybody's cut out to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. What we need are job creators. And that's what this article was pushing for is like, we need people to create jobs because I, I believe the corporate structure now, how it is, it like saps the life out of people. And it's all about the bottom line. And I think our, I mean, you're like, what, 26, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like our, our, you know, this generation is coming to realize like, you know, it's not all about the money. It's about like the sense of purpose and legacy and what you're leaving behind. So I want to create an environment and a company that can, uh, you know, fill that for people and give them like employment that's meaningful and a company that they can be a part of. And then ultimately continue to make really good tasting food products that inspires people to eat food. And I want to live longer. I, I, I absolutely love that. I do feel like there's an energy with a lot of companies. And I do feel like this is a big reason why people are kind of leaping away um, from, you know, working for companies is there's this energy of like, let's extract as much as we can from our employees so that right. we can maximize revenue. And mm-hmm. that's why I love what you're saying. And I can hear people being like, it sounds like a dream to work with a company that actually has my well-being as a priority, you know? Yeah. And so for someone who's listening, um, you know, wh- how, how can people get in contact for you in terms of uh, job opportunities, future job opportunities, especially as the vision of So Strong really continues to expand? Yeah, thanks for asking, man. We, I mean, we have a long way to go. Um, I feel very fortunate because I've been able to create a few jobs with my other company and we're starting to create jobs here now mm-hmm. um, are follow us on any social media deal, whether it's Facebook, you can follow me, Justin Kershaw or uh, Instagram. So strong foods. Um, and also we're, um, we're going to have a, we have a, a podcast. I call it so strong TV mm-hmm. been a little inconsistent doing it, but I want to bring up these issues of food because yeah. 
you know, food is it's just so vital to what we do. And our culture right now, Ryan, is surrounded by, I mean, it's like this McDonaldized culture where a thousand years ago, people were literally break bread together and it was like a wholesome time to connect. And I want to get back to that. But to answer your question, uh, sostrongfood.com, we have a uh, we have a blog. I pay attention to that and go order some bars and I like to get everybody's feedback. I love it. I love it. Can you share, can you share a bit more about, about what you're talking about? How, how times used to be like, it sounds like it's really important to you to, to bring this like fulfillment and connection back. There's clear, it's clear that you see a gap, something missing in the world that you really want to, to bring people together through so strong. Yeah. Um, so I'll go back to the great question. My first time meeting you, Ryan, I remember I saw your phone and you had on your phone intentional, like be intentional. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what? That is crazy. Like I never thought about it. And, and the intent comes before the content. And you can sense Mm -hmm. that, like people produce all this content online and stuff. It's like, I know I can sense what your intention is. And to answer your question, a couple of weeks ago, my oldest daughter and I, Naya, we went to a restaurant in uh, Indianapolis and we walked in and she was like wow it smells like mama's house now this restaurant is called Shapiro's it's like old school hole in the wall but people love it it's a deli it is in it I thought for a moment like man this smells like love in here because it reminded me of my grandma's house but I didn't know if my daughter realized like what it took for my grandma's house to smell that way where it came through like the love she had in her heart and prayer it was more than just food man and the intention of the food we have now is to be like very convenient. It's like heavily marketed. It's uh, filled with sugar and a lot of fats uh, because it keeps us addictive, just like a lot of the social media apps and all of those things. Um, and so I just know there was a, a simpler time where, you know, people really labored over their food and they put a lot of love into it. And it was to nourish your body and not just like a grab and go treat, but was so strong with the so bar. I wanted to couple both like, look, you don't have to substitute health for convenience. You can have both. And our intention is to do this with love and to sow into people's lives. I love that. I love that. In addition to that wholesome nature and intention, um, what actually makes uh, the so strong bar, what makes that different than all the other bars that are in the market right now? Yeah, great question, man. So, uh, Typically, nutrition bars, first of all, our bar tastes better than any bar. I would put it up against anything. Um, And that was part of my motivation because, you know, RX bar, I mean, it's cool that the ingredients are on the front, but I don't really like the taste. And I don't know a lot of other people that do. Um, And that goes for every bar. So our bar tastes good, number one. Number two, there's only seven ingredients in all of our flavors. Uh, We have a proprietary way to make our bar with a machine that we've modified most bars, like I said, are shaped in a rectangle or a square because they're pushed through a machine called an extruder and they have to be a certain macronutrient ratio. We went completely against the grain and, and figured out our own system to make these bars to taste great and to be as healthy as possible. Um, and our intention is not to make a bunch of money. Our intention is to really sow strong seeds through this bar in our community. And also too, you'll see in our culture, Ryan, I mean, our society that carbs are kind of like pushed to the side. And if you look in blue zones, areas of the world where people are living until they're 103 years old, way past the average life expectancy, their number one macronutrient are carbohydrates. And the industry wants to push protein, like we need all this protein. 
carbohydrates are extremely important, especially when it comes to hormonal development. And if you turn on the radio, you hear commercials for low testosterone for men and all these issues that are coming because of that. So um, we have the first carb bar on the market. Carbs are what we're pushing. Carbs are good. And we made this to live long. It tastes great. And has very simple ingredients. I love it. I love it. And, you know, we hear so many different things and, you know, I, I don't know if you know, know this, Justin, I'm pretty sure that you do, but I have a past history of being a physique competitor as a teenager. I competed in physique competitions (laughs) and, um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was obsessed with fitness and I mean, that's, that's how I, a big part of my style for entrepreneurship and growing is I just, I learn as much as I can. I'm like a sponge. And so like, I learned as much as I could about nutrition, like not just reading articles, but like reading research, following the top doctors. And, um, you know, when I, when I heard a lot about like keto and things that are coming out, like, sure, there are benefits to it, of course. Um, but you know, here's a big piece that I want to talk about health and like health and wellness is more about sustainability than it is about hopping on the next trend. So mm-hmm. like, so, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many times, and I, I also was a fitness coach as well. So I can't tell you how many times people come to me and are like, I want to lose weight. I'm going to jump on keto. And immediately I'm like, okay, are you ready to make that a lifestyle? Like, yeah. are you ready to do that for a very long time? And they're like, no, I just want to do that for a few, a few, you know, I just want to do that for like a few weeks and drop 20 pounds. And I'm like, you're going to rebound right after what you need to do is you really need to create a, a balanced diet that's going to be sustainable for you in the long term. And yeah. that's why I feel like um, so strong is such a great solution for people because it's, if you look at the macronutrient ratio, it's a small meal. You know, and it's like, you could just grab it. And there's so many people who are busy, so many people, you know, moms who are busy, dads who are busy, entrepreneurs who they just need to grab something when they're, when they're, you know, walking out or athletes who need to eat something before their game, or even people like me who need to eat something right before the podcast, but I might not right. have time to cook a meal. So yeah. it's, it's literally per it's, it's, it's perfect. It's so convenient. It's a healthy meal at the same time. Yeah. Ryan, when you were doing physique, did you, um, did you eat carbohydrates? You like cycle on or cycle off? How'd that work? And you did physique or bodybuilding? Physique. So I did physique. Um, so I I brought my carbs. <laughs> so I love carbs. Like yeah. just I love carbs. And um, and so, but what I realized, like, because to get that lean, it's like extreme. I, I had to bring my calories so low. And there's a point where I had to drop my carbs down to a point where it was um, lo- like way lower than my body was comfortable with. So the final right. week- and before, and that was right, right before the yeah. competition. Yeah. 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 Like two weeks. But the majority of the time I kept my carbs as high as I could to lose as much weight as possible because I knew that that would propel my strength in the gym and, yep. and help me maintain my muscle mass at the same time. But I felt right. like I felt horrible when I dropped those carbs low. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and the, like my my point of asking that I'm int- very interested in physique and bodybuilding, and all that. But it's also like the people that are doing physique are giving the information to the general public. And it's like, time out, everybody. You're not trying to like win a fitness competition here. You're trying to live your life and pick up your kids mm-hmm. and, you know, go to the gym and have fun. Don't kill yourself by not eating carbohydrates. You know, they eat the right things. You're not doing. I understand why fitness competitors will lower their their. Uh, and you just said you felt terrible lowering your your carbohydrates. Um, 
but uh yeah so it's, it's just very interesting i forgot that that's what you i remember seeing pictures of you man i was like dude he's yoked yeah 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 no it's crazy um but like, yeah, and you know, and I'm also not saying I'm I'm against keto in any way. Like, I don't want to people. Right. Be, I'm not saying car no carbs are are bad and you'll die or anything like that. But um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I remember that week before I was like in chemistry. I was in college at the time, and um, this was right before I dropped out. <laughs> I um, I I was like, I I literally told my 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 partner for a chemistry project. I'm like, you have to do this because. I cannot think and I'm going to blow us up. <laughs> and so, like, I literally couldn't think because my carbs were so low. So, um, wow. yeah, it's crazy. The things that we do, you know, to get to those extreme levels and, um, you know, there's something unique that, that you have Justin and, um, you know, let's go back to what I was talking about, about how, like you're a force of nature. I don't, I don't say that to everybody, you know, it's like, that's a very rare quality have. And there's something that you've mentioned. Um, you, you mentioned this when you were uh, on, on Rob Deerdeck's show, you have sh shared this in multiple Facebook videos, this never die attitude. And what, yeah. what, what is this never die attitude and why is it so important to you? Um, or never man. say die, right? Is that what it is? Never say die. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think Ryan that, um, like if you were say like, I would learn this in next level, like the context of a library is like quiet and focused. And if we come into a library and we're loud, people are going to be like, Shh, be quiet. You're in the library, <laughs> like either hone in and dial in or get out. And I think a lot of times people think life is, is supposed to be like a stay at the spa and it's not life is a wrestling match. Or, you know, life is, um, even at its best, it's very difficult and it's hard. And a lot of us have been blessed where we're healthy and we have good friends. Um, and I think we have a responsibility to, like, be resilient, to set the example for resiliency, but to also help other people out. And if I am resilient, if I've ever been resilient in my life, it's only been because of, like, my faith and my dad. Like, my dad, I remember being a kid, like, we were tarring roofs and he owned businesses and restaurants and um, he just really always kept us busy. And I don't even know if he did that on purpose, but it, it like shaped me into having this mindset of just like, you know, going after it um, and, you know, staying as strong as possible and being resilient. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you mentioned your dad, is there a moment where this never say die attitude was born and actually before I ask this, can you can you let the audience know like what does that mean? Like what is what is that attitude? What is that mindset about? Yeah, I think it's um I, hold on, I have to think, Ryan, because this is very meaningful to me. Um yeah, I, I think it's uh like everything we do is like uh you know, it's a, a cause and action, like whatever we say, whatever we do, something is going to happen. I remember like tapping a balloon one time and then my daughters just started dancing. I'm like, holy crap, like me tapping a balloon is making them dance. Like how much more are my thoughts or my words or the food I'm eating affecting like the next several minutes of my life? And I think it's having like strong thoughts, strong habits, strong actions will make you a strong person, but not being strong to like being macho or 
you know, to, to taunt it over people, but it's for service. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers the question. I love it. And, and, and when was this mindset born? Yeah, I remember, man, my, um, I mean, my dad is, uh, like, you know, not a lot of people know who my dad is, but when I was a kid, I remember running home one day cause my dad was on the Oprah Winfrey show and I'll never forget coming home, dude. And I saw my dad sitting there talking to Oprah. He was a, he was a police officer and he, uh, he had a, uh, uh, he was over uh, a case that made national news where unfortunately a lady put her baby in the trash can. But then I saw my dad, like, then he went, he put on his police uniform. He was a football player. He, you know, uh, owned businesses. Uh, he, he owned a pizza place. Like he was just this impressive guy to me. And like, he just, and he had six kids. <laughs> so it was like, you know, he just, he just kept going. I think sometimes it was detriment, but I just learned from him, like work hard for your family and serve others. I learned that from my dad. Mm -hmm. And what are, what are some of the challenges that, that, that mindset has helped you through? Are there, are there moments of your life where it felt like the odds were stacked against you and, and you were able to break through or create something or maybe even a great success that you've created or multiple because of that mindset? Yeah. Um, I think it's that mindset sometimes has been to my detriment. Like when I first met you, I was in a bad place mm. and um, I had to learn how to like hone it in and have balance. But I would say for, um, you know, I played football and football is a very rough sport. And if you want to be successful, you have to keep going and keep fighting. And nowadays, like the transfer portal, I don't know if any of your listeners even are watching football anymore, but it's like, you know, a kid is allowed to transfer with no problem there's no rules or regulations and the problem i have with that is you know a kid could get beat out for a position and then he can just leave like just leave or and go somewhere else and there's no resiliency that gets built up there but even starting so strong man like i tell people i'm starting a nutrition bar business they're like what like what are you like what are you doing and then i never forget like i i had two food processors break in one day um i had seeds sprawled all over my car and ingredients fell out everywhere um, I've had machines break, you know, people tell me that this, our ingredient list was impossible to make. And so it's like, no, not taking no for an answer, like saying, you know, I'm going to go through with this. I'm freaking burning the the ships. I'm not turning back. There's no option B. I'm going to do this. I'm not taking no for an answer. Everybody can have their opinions and tell me whatever they want, but no, I, I came up with this vision. I know what it takes. I'm the leader. And that's what it comes down to, man. And I think you would find that same mindset with all the people that, you know, Chris Hawker or yourself or, um, you know, Lewis, all those people. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautifully said. And um, yeah, I mean, one of the people that I thought of when you're saying that is like Chris Hawker and <laughs> his, ha have you heard his story about uh, when he was caught in a like, Ski, oh when you it's, skiing? it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I'll share it really fast. There's both yeah. of our, one of our mutual mentors, unless do you want to tell it? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, you, you can, yeah. I just remember the story. It was, uh, Chris was, um, he was skiing and he decided to go on a late night ski and he hit like a, like a drift or something. And he ended up falling in like up to his neck with the snow and he tried to get out, but he couldn't get out. And he said he could see the lights of the cabin where everybody was and he's like how unfortunate would this be if I like died here like it'd be tragic I'm freezing he said he kept sinking deeper and he's like trying to get out and he couldn't but he just like found something in his stomach 
and said, I'm getting out of here. I'm freaking getting out of here. And he uh, was able to like resiliently push himself out and bounce his way home. And Chris has his own, like, you know, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you, you know what too, man, there's a, when I played at Michigan state, you just jogged my memory. There's a story that coach Antonio would tell after every single um every single before every single season it was a story of the blue vase it was about this guy who had, was given a job and um he was like his job was to deliver this blue vase to this guy to his employer so like he missed the bus somebody like beat him up and stole from him he like got hit by a car but he committed to delivering this blue vase and he ended up delivering the, he ended up delivering the blue vase through all this adversity. And there's a saying that we always had like blue vase, it, get it done. Let's go mm. do what you got to do. And um, I really think personally, and you know what, we talk about mindset, like your podcast on mindset, but I think nowadays the generation that's kind of coming along, they'll be like, Oh, it's hard. I'm having a panic attack or I need to take Xanax or I'm having anxiety. Yeah. And it's like that re- resiliency and people have, there is anxiety. That stuff is true. But I think it's like the context of life. It, this is a wrestling match. Wrestling is fun. You're going to get a trophy if you win. <laughs> you know, let's fight through this. Let's get better. This is making us tougher. So yeah, I'm getting fired up now. Yeah, great, great, and <laughs> and I love it. That's that's why you're here. And so um, so so yeah, and I agree with you. I think that it's up to us. And I think that you know, so strong is going to make such a big difference as well in sowing those seeds of resiliency and strength in not only in this generation, but in the next generation, the generations beyond that. Um, I truly think this is going to be bigger than any of us can can imagine. Um, so I'm personally very excited about it. And um, I know that you've, you know, you, you've had certain mentors and people support you through the journey. I, I know that um, I saw you uh, on, on, uh, on, on YouTube with Rob Deerdeck and I was like, what, what, what's going on here? So uh, yeah. can you, can you share with us a little bit about, about that journey? Yeah. So um, I met Rob. I watched Rob on television. My car in college was called black lavender after one of Big's characters yeah. from Robin big. So I've always been a fan of Rob's and I met him through a mutual friend, Bill Glasser, the owner about standing foods. And I had a idea for a food concept rented by Bill. Bill was like, you got to meet Rob Beardack. You know, who he is. I'm like, of course I know who Rob is like, <laughs> from Ohio, but I didn't know Rob had this, uh, this VC, this like business side of him That's huge. And uh, so next thing I know, man, I'm sitting there and I'm not afraid to admit when I'm like starstruck by somebody, like I'm talking to Rob Deerdeck on a Zoom call and it was awesome. And he gave me some really good ideas, but ultimately he said, hey, I don't have the time or resources to partner with you. So I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to do this anyways. Like I'm going to use that no as fuel. And it does, you know, it doesn't mean Rob's a bad guy. He's just doing other things. So uh, started developing the brand of So Strong sent Rob some product, he tried it, um, submitted a video to his VC, uh, to his, uh, his company he has. The next thing I know, he asked me to be on the podcast. Um, and we've, I've been able to connect with Rob Deerdack, somebody who I've admired from afar for years. Like, you know, I can't believe Rob's call, he calls me on the phone. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like really cool. And it's just, what, what it showed me though is, um, Brian, is that like resiliency, like you've like, just stay on top of things like no doesn't have to be known forever. 
you know, it might be no right now, but stay on top of things and let that discouragement channel that energy into like the fire to fuel what you're doing, you know? And then I would say, um, the other thing I learned is like, uh, the people who you see are successful. Most of them, you can feel it from their, I think, yeah, I'm going to say their vibe or their energy. Rob Deerdack is, he's an impressive guy, man. You know, just from how he operates, the things he's taught me, how generous he is, man. I mean, he's an extremely generous guy. And, um, and it's, it's inspired me that we're like, he's just a, he's a human being like us, mm-hmm. but he just, he's implemented these strategies in his life. And I really think a lot of it is for the service of other people. Yeah. And, 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 and he, like, he's so optimized. It's, it's amazing. Cause I've, I've listened to his podcast. I mean, I study successful people and it's like, this dude is the most optimized that I've ever seen anybody you know, it's incredible. And he's optimized his business and his career life so that he can, you know, have, you know, move forward in his mission, also have plenty of time with his family. Um, I would love to hear, you know, have you learned any really valuable, important things from him about creating balance um, with your family and, you know, friends, family? Uh, like, what have you learned about creating balance while, while, while bringing this alive? Yeah. So Rob, uh, so two things I've learned from him. Number one is a like very realistic approach that sometimes you're going to have to struggle before you get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. And it even goes back. I was with Lewis and I met the guy that created the unsubscribe button on the email addresses. Like I met that guy, he lives in Columbus and he said he got to it. He was like, 30, he, he dropped out of school when he was 19 and he told his guidance counselor, like I'm dropping out of school to start an internet company. And she said, what's the internet? So 20 years later, he finds himself miserable. He doesn't know what he's doing. Locks himself in a room and his wife encouraged him to write down like 30 things you want out of your next job. And the number one thing he saw was that he only wanted to work with people that he liked. And I was like, wow, that's so like amazing. So I asked him, I said, would you go back and your 38 year old self and tell your 19 year old self that all you wanna do in life, the epitome of your life, your goal, is to work with people who you like. And he was like, thought about it. He was like, no, I would have told my 19 year old self, you have to work your butt off. You have to earn that. Mm. And I'm like, wow, like you, these things just don't happen. Like Rob didn't get to optimize his life. He went through stressful times to get to where he's at. Like he didn't always have all the money and resources that he did. So it's like, look, I wish I could, most of us wish we could optimize our life and get a massage three days a week and do all this, but you got to earn that. You know, you got to go through some things to get there. Number one. And number two is the thing that blew my mind that like almost made me emotional was he told me he had a 500 year plan, 500 year plan. And that speaks to me and my faith because like it's, it's impact beyond the grave. And I know in other countries, like over in China, they make things with like 300 years in mind with how it's going to impact the next generation. Mm. And what what it taught me is like, time out. I'm thinking like, oh, I got, I'm just trying to make make it through the next five minutes. Or like, I'm thinking like, I'm, you know, 36 years old, I'm old. It's like, no, my impact could last for the next thousand years. Like I'm having a 500 year plan. And that's how you have to start thinking. And that's how, like I said, my faith, it's like, no, 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 this is like, this is bigger than what we're seeing, you know? 
So mm-hmm. when he told me that, man, I was like, that is crazy. I saw your eyes light up too when I said that. <laughs> well, I'm like, crazy. yeah, it's like, because how many of us, like you said, are thinking about like the next week or today, you know, it's like a 500 year plan. And I think that's so important because it, it shifts our attention from focusing on us and obsessing on us and our shit and focusing yep. out onto everybody else and how we can give and how we can contribute and our life beyond us. And, and I always say, I feel like there's, I believe that there's, there's, there's two parts of our life and there might, there might be more, but two main parts, there's the one that we experience. And then there's the, the other one, the one that other people experience of us. And that lives on for ever, if we choose to create that. And I love that, man. yeah. And so, and that's legacy. And so um, I love that you're such a legacy driven person. And I also wanted to ask you as well about uh, Mr. Average. Could you tell us a little bit about Mr. Average? And cause <laughs> like, so let me actually, let me create some context. So I, I'm pretty sure I'm recalling this video, right. But if I'm not recalling it correctly, uh, please make a video like this. I, I, I recall a video on Facebook of like a punching bag and a picture of like a face. And it was like, this is Mr. Average. And you're like screaming at it and maybe beating it up. But uh, can you, can you tell us a little bit about like Mr. Average? That's, it's just awesome. Yeah. Um, so Mr. Average started, I was actually coming back from California when I first met Lewis and I was reading Donald Miller's building a story brand. And he talks about the power of story and how you need a villain and and like how, you have to personify this villain. And I started thinking about it like, yeah, like, you know, all the successful brands, they even have like little dust bunnies that are like going to destroy your house. <laughs> you got to clean them up. And I'm like, what is the villain in my life? And what is the villain in most men? Um, and I think it's this, this, this pull to be average to like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and when I say average, I don't mean you have to be like over five, you know, 10. And I mean, like to just sit around and to objectify women and yeah. to like drink heavily of, of what, you know, a lot of entertainment and things that we see where I really feel like we're called to be great. Mm-hmm. You know, we're called to, we're called to live, be like outstanding. And um, I was like, you know what, the person that holds me back in my life is this freaking guy, Mr. Average that tells me to sleep in and wants me to yell at my kids. <laughs> and um so that's how Mr. Average came about. And my daughters like love it when I put them up on the thing and I beat the crap out of them. So thanks for watching that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I've been, I've been diving a lot into, uh, into TikTok uh, lately. And I would love to see like a video of you beating up Mr. Average and your daughters like watching, you know, and yeah, like, I think that that I'll would be that. amazing. And maybe some so strong bars, you know, laying around or something. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but yeah man. Good. That's just incredible. Um, and you know, the, um, the, the final question that I want to ask you here, um, is if you, with, with the state of the world and, and what you see going on right now and, you know, people's consciousness, if you had a moment, if you had a giant megaphone and the entire world was like, all right, I'm going to listen like a miracle. I'm going to listen to what Justin says, and I'm actually going to apply it to my life. What would you say? Wow. That's a great question. Can I give some context for my answer real quick? Yeah, of course. All right. So, so this is what I think is that I think we've, uh, we've reached a point in our society as like people, um, 
that they're turned off by quote unquote religion. And I completely understand that. Like there's some words that have negative con, you know, um, negative tones to it. Like if I were to say like holy or like Jesus or church or something, people really have bad experiences about that. But what I would want people to realize is that like separate all the negative religious tones to this. I would say the person that's impacted my life the most was a poor carpenter, a poor Palestinian carpenter named Jesus, <laughs> who like, who, who changed the world, no matter what you say, like our time is based off of it. And yes, people have taken his image and dragged it from, through the mud. I would just say, do your research on this poor Palestinian carpenter named Jesus who lived 2000 years ago, do some research. And I think it'll change your life. <laughs> and, and, and can I ask specifically, because I, I know that there's people listening and, you know, I've had a jaded experience with Catholicism and around that personally. Yeah. So, so I understand that on such a deep level. Um, yes. How is like, what have you learned? And I'm sure there's a lot, but what's, what, what do you feel like is a core piece that you've learned from Jesus or like, what's the role that, that your faith plays in your life that you think would be so powerful for people? If yeah, thank you for life. asking that, man. Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, I would say number one is, you know, uh, we talk about books, um, like Donald Miller building story brand. I think if you do your research on and now this is a term that has a lot of religious tones to it, but the Bible is the most beautiful piece of literature ever created. And I think it's really the um, it used to be the only book that people had. It was the first book that people had in their homes. And I think every piece of literature that we've ever derived things from come from this book. And I would just say, look into it. And it's a beautiful uh, display of like the mercy and grace of our creator. That's number one. And number two, I would look at um, how, you know, before this poor Palestinian carpenter came, who was born in the middle of history, you know, uh, children weren't really valued. Women didn't have rights. The sick weren't taken care of. And if you do your research, all this happened, like the elderly were cared for, universities, women's rights all came from this man's life. So I would say um, to, uh, that's how it's changed me to love other people um, because of how I lived, to love other people, to be forgiving um, and not be you know arrogant or self-consumed, but to be outwardly focused. That's what I've learned from him. I love that. I love that. Thanks, bro. And um, with anyone who you know wants to try the so strong bar, um, anybody who wants to jump on board with you know this brand, this vision, this mission of sowing strong seeds into our world, um, what uh, how can they how can they find so strong foods? Yeah, so just go to uh, so strongfood.com, so strongfood s o w strongfood.com. Uh, I have a blog there. You can order the bars. We have the So Strong Refresh Challenge coming up where you can get free bars. I'm really excited about that. And we're creating a community where you'll be able to join the Facebook group um, through the website. So I'm really excited, man. And I'm so fired up to see you, bro. And like, dude, I have to say this. I have a ton of respect for you. I remember what you had on your phone. Did you? That was you, right? You had like, be yeah. intentional. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And um, it was like, man, Ryan's uh, perspective, the way he is, the way you were, it really had an impact on me, man. So I'm so like honored that you would have me be involved. And um, thank you. I just love you, bro. You and Hawker, Chris, all the whole group. I love you too, <laughs> man. And yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that. And I receive that. And 
I also want to acknowledge you for, for, you know, turning your pain into purpose and, you know, being inspired by the story of, of all the success that your dad has created. It's like clear that he's made a tremendous impact on you and, you know, like just being the father that you are and, and being courageous enough to bring this, this vision into the world and this dream into the world and being a leader who cuts through the drift and is courageous enough to speak up about things. And is you're truly an example of a man who's owning his purpose without apology. And um, I hate to say it, but it's rare. And I don't think that, you know, let's talk about the 500 year plan. I don't think 500 years from now or even a hundred or 300, it's going to be rare because men like you step up and lead. So I appreciate that. and, And thank you for being here. Thank you. Appreciate you, bro.